This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 28th of October in your Squiz today. Freedom to leave the country. Julian Assange is back in court. Alec Baldwin could face charges. And a case of mistaken identity. This is your Squiz today. A few big COVID announcements were made yesterday, Claire, so we're going to cover them off first. They're both things that show we're moving forward and out of the COVID reality we've been living in for the last 18 months, so good news. First up, the TGA, or the Therapeutic Goods Administration, has approved the use of Pfizer for booster shots for those aged 18 and over. They can be administered at six months and over after someone has their second dose and the Pfizer shot can be given to any vaccinated person, no matter what the brand is of their first doses. There's still some advice for the government to be given by ATAGI, that expert immunisation group. Uh, But Greg Hunt, the Federal Health Minister yesterday, said that he reckons boosters will start to be rolled out to those most at-risk Aussies from the 8th of November. And that's all about, of course, increasing the long-term protection against COVID. The second big thing that was announced has to do with international travel. Fully vaccinated Australians will no longer need to apply for a travel exemption to leave Australia from the 1st of November. Big news. It's been a big feature of Australia's Mm. response to the pandemic that Aussies weren't allowed to leave the country unless they had an exemption. So from the 1st of November, so Monday, if you can believe next week is November, um, they will be able to head overseas and return. If you're returning to New South Wales from Monday, you'll be able to come back and not quarantine if you're fully vaccinated. Other states and territories still have some quarantine arrangements in place, but Things are changing on that front as well. Of course, getting back and getting moving is something that many Aussies want to do. Big news for those who want to kickstart their travel plans again. And if you're following the back and forth between the Victorian state government and the federal government on whether unvaccinated tennis players will be competing at the Australian Open, despite Prime Minister Scott Morrison saying yesterday that unvaccinated tennis stars are allowed into the country for the Australian Open in January, the Victorian government won't be allowing them to compete puts a big question mark on players like Novak Djokovic attending. COP26, the big climate summit, is getting closer. Reports this morning say that Prime Minister Scott Morrison will be including a short-term forecast of a 35% drop in emissions by 2030 in the official paperwork that gets submitted to the UN. While it's an indication of a commitment, Claire, it's still not a binding target. It's not, not like that new commitment of reaching net zero emissions by 2050. But what the government says is that a short-term forecast of 35% uh, cuts in greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 is something that's on the government's radar. Uh, Labor and the Greens yesterday continued to badger the government about those forecasts not being put into legislation. They say that that means that it has absolutely no force. But the coalition has continued to 
defend its approach, saying that emissions have come down uh, by 20% since 2005, even though the economy grew by 45% over that period. Prime Minister Scott Morrison leaves this afternoon for Rome. He'll be attending the G20 there and then it's on to COP26. A couple of big non-attenders at the conference, Chinese President Xi Jinping, Russian President Vladimir Putin, India's Narendra Modi and Indonesia's Joko Widodo are all not attending. There's been a lot of talk about this COP26 climate summit and now Scott Morrison is also on the way to the G20 summit. We thought it was time to take a bit more of a look at global meetings and summits and that's what we've done for this week's Squiz Shortcut, Claire. Yep, whether it's G20, G7, (laughs) APEC, the East Asia Forum, there's so many things going on and it's hard to tell one from the other at times. So we've just gone through those and got some clarity on what their purpose is. Yeah, there were some big decisions get made. So it's a good one to have a bit of extra context too. We do mention them a lot. Search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. Over to the UK and WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange has appeared in court again as the US continue to try to have him extradited there to face charges against the Espionage Act. In this latest bit of legal wrangling, the US is appealing last year's decision to not extradite him based on concerns for his mental health. He didn't appear in person. He was via video link. He wasn't well in the morning, but he did appear later in the day. Uh, What Assange's lawyers say is that it is unsafe to extradite him, but the the United States continues to say that they would look after him, uh, including in those options, would be serving any prison sentence in Australia. Uh, Assange's lawyers say that Australia has given no indication about what it thinks about that. Uh, that hearing is going on for tomorrow, but yeah, could take a long time to resolve. Yeah, still could be years of legal back and forth to go on this one. Over to the US now, an actor, producer Alec Baldwin, as well as others associated with the movie Rust, could face criminal charges over the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, who was killed when a gun went off on set. Police have released more details about the incident, Claire. Yeah, what they've said overnight is that uh, Helena Hutchins was killed by uh, a live bullet. It was a lead bullet. It killed her and was recovered from the shoulder of the director, Joel Souza. He's recovering from his injuries. Legal officials in New Mexico haven't ruled out criminal charges against Alec Baldwin. He, of course, was the person who fired uh, the gun after he was told that it was cold, that it had no ammunition in it. Uh, It, of course, was an accident. But Baldwin is a producer on the movie. Uh, That means that he has additional responsibilities around safety. So there's a long way to go with this. Yeah, it's in his role as producer that he could be liable not as the actor that fired the gun. Any payouts from this would likely be in the many, many millions of dollars. Onto a bit of weather news. It's set to be wild over the rest of the week. Claire, a band of storms is going to be making its way all the way across the country. Band of storms doesn't sound very fun, does it? <laughs> Not like a band that you go to the pub to see, but no. what we're going to see around Sydney and South Australia are temperatures in the mid-30s. So, yeah, get your T-shirt arms out. That's what's going to be happening. Uh, and then in other places, it's going to be into storms. Uh, 
uh, it's not going to be a particularly nice sort of heat if it's getting hot where mm. you are. It's going to be quite humid, they say. As for Tasmania, snow is expected there as temperatures drop to around minus three degrees, so a full weather range heading into the weekend. We are, in general, though, heading into summer, Claire, and if the thought of beaches reminds you of sharks, take what you will from this study. A new study that looks at when great white sharks attack humans say it could all be a case of mistaken identity. When great white sharks apparently look up to the surface of the water, their eyesight isn't particularly great. Uh, They're not able to make much differentiation in shapes, experts say. Also, there's concerns about colour blindness and all sorts of other things. But what they see, experts say, is that anything that looks like that sort of blob could be a seal and they have a lot of luck um, eating uh, their prey off the surface of the water and that's why people are a target at times when they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. So researcher Dr Laura Ryan says that they're not these mindless killers. We just happen to look a lot like their food. We do actually have a squeeze shortcut on shark attacks in Australia. I'll pop a link to that one in your episode notes. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on today? There's a big Facebook conference about to kick off and it's the conference where Facebook is expected to reveal its new name. That's right. We covered that one off last week. Stand by to see what they come up with there. For me, I just want to give one more quick plug for teachers and educators to check out our free trial of Squiz Kids for Schools. If you sign up before Friday, World Teachers Day, you could win a year's subscription for your whole school. Squiz Kids for Schools, of course, provides those curriculum-aligned resources for the Squiz Kids today podcast i'll put details in your episode notes that's all from us have a good one we'll be back tomorrow this week our podcast is brought to you by aware super one of australia's most awarded super funds it can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.